The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, power horse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to help fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. Plus, when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. That's buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. I don't care about bragging rights. It just introduces more volatility into the equation. I don't care about victory laps. Stop it, please stop it. <laughs> Throw the football into the floor. The BetQL Network presents your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper, Ken Barkley. If I have an opinion, I'm just going to go put money on that thing happening. And your host, Nick Costos. Every single play of every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet. Presented by BetMGM. It is a wonderful football Wednesday. It is You Better You Bet. It is Nick Costos. It is Ken Barkley. And it's you here with us on the BetQL Network. Great to be simulcast by our friends at Stadium for the next two hours here on the show. And we got two hours of badass wagertainment coming your way. Getting you set to bet and win this weekend, week 16, in the National Football League. Pro sports better Rob Bazola will join us in just a second, batting lead off here for our five phenomenal guests that will join us here over the course of the next two hours. So if you're here right now and you're looking for experts talking week 16, we, we got you covered. Also, Ken and I will talk about it. And the one open segment that we have, we'll talk about line movement that we got for this weekend to give you thoughts on on those games. So Rob will join us in a second. Odyssey Sports NFL insider Brian Baldinger joins us in 20 minutes. Will Brinson from CBS Sports in 40 minutes. Eric Eager from Sumer Sports stops by next hour. And also joining us next hour from the NFL on CBS, former NFL quarterback Steve Berline dishing on all the games coming up this weekend. In the final hour of the show, we will give you all our bets for tonight, NBA, National Hockey League, and college basketball. But we kick off the fun and frivolity here on this wonderful football Wednesday with our guest today with the aforementioned Rob Bazzola, pro sports better. Um, you got to check out Rob's sports betting content company, The Hammer, on Twitter, at The Hammer HQ. 
Rob Sports Betting Podcast circles off. Can be found whatever wherever the hell it is that you find your podcasts. And Rob's on Twitter at Rob Bazola. Rob, welcome back to the show. Nick and Ken, happy week 16 in the NFL to you and yours. I love this time of year. Get the Saturday games as well. Um, and like, honestly, a lot of interesting matchups as well as, as this season's headed towards the playoffs. So very much looking forward to this week. Yeah, it's great. It's like, let's put the Broncos and Patriots on like Christmas Eve night and be like, well, what do we want to call it? Like, let's call it the, call it the holiday classic. Let's call it that. I'd be like, wait, there's nothing, nothing classic about this. Like nothing at all. Like, please make this game go away. The divorce uh, classic Thursday is what it should be. Because if <laughs> right. I watch that yeah, game, right. I'm getting divorced. Well, it's, yeah, it's the... It's the the loner classic. <laughs> it's just like you got you got nothing to do. Ah, throw the game on. I've I've been in that situation a bunch of times in my twenties. Uh, Thursday night football, Rob. The game coming up tomorrow. Actually, like a pretty good Thursday night football game because the playoff positioning for both these teams is so important. We also had some pretty interesting line movement in this game as it concerns the total. So the Rams at home against the Saints have been basically like a four point favorite throughout. Like not really a lot of sort of movement there. The total, which I, like I talked about really liking the over, uh, didn't really see this coming though. So 44 and a half when we did the show Monday, now 46 with a 46 and a half or two on the board. Uh, what do we like in this game, Rams Saints that's coming up tomorrow? Yeah, so I lost the over in the Rams game last week in, in I would call it devastating fashion uh, with the way that that played out with Brissett giving us hope and then the missed extra point. Uh, but I'm kind of going back to it this week. I, I think the Rams very much profile as an over team. I made this game 47 on the total, so I still think that there's value at 46. Um, you get some positive injury news in Chris Olave for the New Orleans Saints today. And I actually think this is a good matchup for Derek Carr. If you look at Carr, he tends to really struggle against cover two, uh, not only this year, but for the majority of his career. The Rams play cover two at one of the lowest rates in the entire league. And when you look at where his car's been successful, where his success rate and his EPA shoot way up through the roof, it's against cover three and cover six. That makes up about 60% of the Rams' defensive packages. So I actually think he'll be able to move the ball. But it starts for me with the Rams' offense, which in my opinion, uh, the output last week was a little bit low relative to what they were actually able to do against that Washington defense. A little bit unlucky in some situations overall. But now with the established running game and Kyron Williams, who unfortunately had that fumble on the other side of midfield last week, uh, they can move the ball both on the ground and through the air. It makes them a very dangerous matchup altogether. I think the Saints defense is a little bit overrated by virtue of having played a lot of these teams in the NFC uh, uh, South this year. And ultimately, I think this number is just a little bit short. So I'm expecting points on Thursday night for football. I like the over here. All right, so Rob on the over coming up with the Saints and the Rams on Thursday. Uh, let's move to uh, looking at the games here. Yeah, let's move to Sunday's slate of games here. And Arthur Smith, a desperate coach, making another desperate move, benching his hand-picked franchise quarterback for the second time in like six weeks. You think this guy's feeling the heat a little bit? And he should be. He's a moron. Anyway, Taylor Heineke is going to start on Sunday for the Falcons against the Indianapolis Colts. And as you might imagine, uh, bullishness in the betting market towards Atlanta and uh, and on the total as well, because it's not Desmond Ritter starting at quarterback. Total now sitting at 44 and a half and bet up a little bit, Rob, since the announcement came in that Heineke would play. Atlanta's now a short home favorite about minus one against Gardner Minshew, Shane Steichen and the Colts. What's your bet for this game? Yeah, the difference between 44 and 44 and a half is significant, uh, with 44 being a, a key number for totals. With that said, I still like the over here. Uh, I know it's kind of repetitive. I, everyone's like, you guys have talked about a lot this season with the Shane Steichen overs. They run a lot of plays. They play quickly. Uh, but 
it never really manifested itself into like these big market adjustments. And I think this is another strong matchup for Gardner Minshew, who struggled in the elements this year, but whenever he's played indoors, has put up big numbers. Atlanta plays a very high rate of cover six. Minshew top five EPA in the league uh, in both uh, EPA and success rate, excuse me, against that type of defense. The way to beat Gardner Minshew, and some teams have done this so far this year, is play a lot of cover three. That's where he really struggles, but Atlanta plays that at one of the lowest rates in the entire league. So I do think Indy's going to move the ball. You possibly get Pittman in the lineup as well, which I didn't even expect to be possible after that hit last week, but positive injury news there as well. Atlanta on the other side of things, Heineke has a plus matchup. Uh, you look at what's hampered Atlanta, the right side of their offensive line, injuries there. Indianapolis doesn't generate a ton of pressure. They're not the team that's going to be able to exploit that with these amazing, amazing edge rushers. They play a lot of cover three, more than any other team in the entire league. And historically, this is the defense that Taylor Heineke has the most success against as well. So I think this one is a little bit low. You always worry about the Atlanta games with them just possibly running the ball a million times and the clock keeps ticking, but Indy plays fast. It offsets a lot of that. I think that this number should be higher. Rob, some some other interesting games coming up on Sunday. We talked a little bit about Detroit-Minnesota earlier in the week. And I kind of said, like, I, I'm curious if this Detroit, these Detroit threes will kind of get away from me a little bit, open with them as a three-point road favorite against Minnesota. The answer is like kind of, but not really. It's just a lot of really heavily juiced threes. <laughs> like, that's basically what it is. There's like one place that has three and a half juice toward Minnesota. So, like, some interest in the Lions, but we're talking about like maybe five cents versus the market that we were talking about on Monday. So, Lions off the huge win over Denver just like blew them out of the water. Three, but heavily juiced on the road against Minnesota, who we assume will start Nick Mullins at quarterback. Again, the total in the game is 47. What do we like here? Yeah, so I bet the Lions last week, and a lot of that was the stylistic uh, matchup. It's not to pat myself on the back. It's more so that Denver's a big-time cover three defense. What the Lions do poorly on defense, give up a lot of explosive plays, that's not something the Broncos can take advantage of necessarily because they just want to run the ball and play very safe. Sean Payton knows their limitations on offense. I actually think it's a very bad matchup for Detroit. I really like Minnesota in this game, both at this price and on the money line prices right now. I'd take anything, honestly, plus 120 or higher on the money line. But you have Jared Goff, who historically struggles against blitzes, facing the highest blitz rate team in the league. Jared Goff, who struggles against cover two. We saw that in both matchups against the Bears this year, where they utilized a lot of cover two. The Vikings play cover two at the highest rate in the entire league, 5% more than any other team. And also, one thing that's kind of going under the radar, it's very weird. Like the Vikings defense and what they've done there. Uh, has been amazing because they have this high blitz rate. They also have the highest rate in the league where they only rush three. So it's very boomer bust and they confuse opposing quarterbacks. Jared Goff's EPA when facing three-man rushes over the course of his career is terrible as well. So I like that matchup. And on the other side of things, I trust Minnesota's offense to move the ball on Detroit's defense a whole lot more than Denver's. They have way more explosive players in Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison. I think TJ Hawkinson's due for a big game here. They now have established the running game with Ty Chandler as well. You look at what the Lions were struggling with on defense. These were teams like New Orleans, Chicago, teams that typically don't put up big offensive outputs that were still able to move the ball on them. Uh, I just really like the Vikings in this game. I think this one's pretty badly mispriced off of the matchup. Uh, this one's my favorite bet of the week. 
Ooh, so I think we will uh, we'll be going mano y mano on this one. I think Ken and I both like the Lions in this game. We'll restore the roar a little bit against your loser Vikings. And we'll see what happens coming up on Sunday. You better you bet with Nick and Ken here on a Wednesday, getting bets for Week 16 in the National Football League with our pal Rob Pizzola, Pro Sports Better. Rob is on Twitter, at Rob Pizzola. All right, Rob, we got the, uh, the Cardinals and the Bears coming up this weekend in Chicago. Uh, Arizona got bet a little bit. I think we're sitting right now with the Cardinals as a, yep, Chicago is a four-point, uh, home favorite. It's Arizona plus four now. Total is 43 and a half. Bets here, please, for the Bears on the Cardinals. Yeah, a lot of 44 still out there as well. And I would I would recommend trying to capture a 44 if you can towards the under. If not, I'm still fine with it at 43 and a half. Just reduce your bet size. Uh, but I like Chicago's defense a lot. Earlier in the year, had a ton of injuries. Now Montez Sweat there, plus they're healthy as a whole. And they've really been able to establish a very quality defense. It's a tough matchup for Kyler Murray. He wants to face a lot of man, a lot of cover one. That's where he's had the most success in his career, partly because he can use his legs a lot more. The Bears don't do that. They play a lot of cover two, cover four, a lot of zone schemes, and that's where Kyler has historically struggled. Now, on the other side of things, it's the Arizona defense. They gave up 45 points last week. That's the 49ers. The 49ers score on everyone. The Bears don't have that same level of explosiveness. And very similar to Kyler, you look at, at, at matchups stylistically, Justin Fields wants to see a lot of man coverage. And Arizona plays that at a very low rate. They play a ton of zone, and they've gotten both of their starting cornerbacks back after that bye week where they were injured beforehand. You also have the Marquise Brown injury, the heel injury you got to take into account here. But ultimately, I see this as being a kind of like a slog. I know it's not impacted by weather, but uh, I think this number is a little bit too high, and I'm playing the under here. Rob, I see you have Ravens Niners as one of the games you want to talk about. So maybe maybe just a minute here on the holiday classic, which I alluded to previously. I actually forgot this was on your list. The Broncos and Patriots uh, in Denver, where like Denver off of the Detroit game that you mentioned, they didn't play particularly well. Maybe that was a stylistic thing. They've gotten bet out a little bit in this game. So this was like six, five and a half. Now the board's entirely Denver six and a half. The total very low, 34 and a half. Uh, what do we expect here in about a minute? We'll save time for kind of like the big Christmas game. I mean, famous last words, but I, I actually really like the Patriots in this game. And it's not the Patriots necessarily. It's just Denver's inability to win by margin. I mean, let's go, go back to week one and two. And this was kind of my handicap against that team when they played the Raiders and Commanders. But now we're at six and a half here. And I'm not convinced Denver can score into like the mid-teens in this game. New England defends the run extremely well. Number one in success rate in the league. And it's gotten better as the year has gone on. That is like De Denver needs to be able to run the ball to have success offensively, or they need to be able to turn the other team over like two or three times in their opponent's territory. It's a very conservative game plan for them. They just do not fit the mold of a team that you want to lay this type of number with. I know New England's bad. I know Bailey Zappi is not great, but they scored 38 points in their last two games. That's a far cry from what Mac Jones was doing, 47 points over four games. It's not like they can't hang around here. People questioning the motivation, and that's fair. But now we're out to a price where I just think it's way too much. So I'll, I'll be watching this game, and I'll be betting the Patriots six and a half. Great. I, I'll, I'm probably going to bet the Patriots also, and I will not be watching the game because I like to stay married. That's just like the rule, the, the agreement in my marriage. I thought but Rob's got a better agreement than me. No way. No can holiday classic. No, no. The yeah. holiday classic. I, I, I laid down the rules long before, even before engagement. It was like, no, no, no. NFL's on. These are my days. Deal with it. I think wow. I, I, I get that. 
every with everything except for like Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. I feel like I right. have to take the L there. Now look, your arrangement's better than mine, and God bless you for that. I feel like I should have been a better negotiator. Uh let's close here, buddy, with Christmas night. This one this one I, I will watch because how, how could you not watch this game? Uh, maybe the game of the year in the NFL. Maybe a Super Bowl preview. San Francisco now. Looks like Baltimore's gotten bet, right? San Francisco in between a four-and-a-half and a, a five-point home favorite at BetMGM against Baltimore. Total Rob has been bet up to 47. What do you think here with the Niners and the Ravens here? We have about 60 seconds for the answer, 60 to 90 seconds. The Baltimore money's a little bit weird to me because you had the the negative news around Zay Flowers and Odell Beckham today, and there's some reports that Zay Flowers is in a walking boot. I don't know why Baltimore catches money at that time. I like the over in this game. I heard Drew Dinsick on here on Monday. I totally agree with every, everything that he said. The 49ers are going to score on everyone, everyone. That's just the case. Like the, the floor for them is 28 points right now. But I actually like Lamar Jackson's chances against this defense as well. Heavy zone defense, they play a lot of cover two, cover three, cover four. That's like 80% of the 49ers defense overall. Lamar's success rate against cover three and cover four this year is 52% or higher. He's been able to move the ball. You have injuries in the front seven for the 49ers as well. I don't think you have to bet 47 now because you could get impacted by negative injury news on the Baltimore offense, including Ronnie Stanley as well. But ultimately, I do think that this game is going to see a lot of points, and, and I agree with the whale capper. I really like the over in this game. I'm just like sitting here thinking like Rob's going to be enjoying himself watching Patriots Broncos. That's his holiday classic. My holiday classic is going to be, I don't know, like sitting around the living room opening presents with my wife's cousins. Merry yeah. Christmas, everybody. We all have our own kinds of holiday classics, you know, it's different for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be my holiday classic. Uh, Rob on Twitter at Rob Pozzola. Uh, the hammer on Twitter at the hammer HQ. Circles off as the podcast. Find it wherever the hell it is that you find those podcasts. My friend, we sincerely appreciate it. Enjoy the holiday weekend. Best of luck with the bets. We'll catch up with you next week. Thanks, guys. Happy holidays. Good luck this week. Our pal Rob Pizzola joining us here on You Better, You Bet. I feel like I asked this question last year. They do Christmas in Canada, right? That's a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Or is it, bo- or is it Boxing Thanksgiving Day? Thanksgiving a little different. All right. Bri- Bri- Brian Ball coming up next. <laughs> McCaffrey gets a breather. Mason is in. Wide open. Purdy to Samuel. Walk in. Touchdown. San Francisco. Welcome back to You Better You Bet. Brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. It was one of Brock Purdy's like 96 touchdowns in uh, Sunday's win over Arizona. I know, because he nuked a couple of uh, fantasy teams of mine in some playoff matchups, which was no fun. And now he's the favorite, obviously, to win NFL MVP. And uh, big-time showdown for the Niners coming up on Monday night against Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Brian Baldinger, Odyssey Sports NFL Insider, will join us on the show in just a moment to talk Ravens-Niners. He'll be on the call of the Colts and the Falcons this weekend. We'll talk that, Cowboys and Dolphins, and more with Baldy in a moment. But want to remind our live audience, Will Brinson stops by in 20 minutes from CBS Sports. Steve Burr line from the NFL on CBS 40 minutes from now to kick off hour number three Eric Eager from Sumer Sports one hour from right now and all our bets for tonight coming up in the power hour final hour of the show but right now it's the aforementioned Brian Baldinger Odyssey Sports NFL insider and the host of the Odyssey original podcast the best football show that's the name of the show, and it's a really great name we should kind of like we change the name of our show to that and I guess when football ended 
we can't really call ourselves the best baseball show because we don't work during baseball season. Anyway, Baldy Show features daily breakdowns of the most important storylines around the National Football League, and he is on Twitter at Baldy NFL. My friend, welcome back to the show. It's Nick and Ken. Happy Week 16 in the National Football League to you and yours, and a happy early Merry Christmas to you and your family. Yeah, thanks, Nick. Ken, uh, good to be with you. Merry Christmas to you guys. Happy holidays. Uh, it's a good time of the year, fellas. And Baldy, one of the, I mean, basically like the game of the year, maybe on Christmas night, we'll kind of, maybe we'll work backwards a little bit. Obviously this isn't the first game that we're going to see coming up, but like really might actually be the game of the year. Could definitely see feature both one seeds in the respective conferences playing each other really late in the season. It's kind of rare to get a matchup like this record wise and seed wise this late in the year. And Baldy, the, the Niners at home in the game against the Ravens, the Niners are about a five and a half point home favorite. So basically, like, are they going to win by a touchdown or more uh, at home against Lamar Jackson and the Ravens? Curious kind of what you think of that point spread. The market also expects a pretty high scoring game. The total is about 47. So kind of lay it on us. How do you see it playing out? Brock Purdy against Lamar Jackson. uh, Niners favored by five and a half. Well, Ken, it's it's an analyst's dream, honestly, because you could break this game down just getting ready for the game on about 20 different levels. Uh, Is Brock Purdy the MVP? Maybe we'll find out against the number one defensive football. Uh, is Lamar Jackson truly an improved quarterback? We'll find out against a great defense in San Francisco. Maybe it's a prelude to the Super Bowl. I think uh, ultimately it's going to come down to really ball security. When San Francisco struggled for a three-game losing streak, Brock Purdy threw a couple interceptions against Cincinnati, one key one against Cleveland. They lost those games, and, and San Francisco wasn't taking the ball away. Now they lead the league in interceptions with 19, and – Everybody is sort of involved. Traverius Ward, big game last week. I kind of feel like whoever turns the ball over the most, I mean, that sounds obvious, but I think in a game where you're going to go up and down the field and it's going to be big plays made by big stars all day long, I feel like San Francisco has the edge in that department, the way they're playing right now, the way they're forcing mistakes. And so I feel like San Francisco is a touchdown better than Baltimore the way that they're playing, the way that they're locked in. Um, I think McCaffrey, even though Baltimore says they're the number one defense, fewest points surrendered this year, I feel like they're vulnerable in the run game. And I think McCaffrey's going to have a good game. Well, I also think San Francisco's a touchdown better. So does Ken Barkley. Let's go Niners coming up on Monday night against uh, against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Baldy, we'll, we'll bounce around like the days that the games are played here. So we did the last game of the week, Monday night. Let's go to the game that you'll be calling on Sunday. We'll hit all the big games. I... I, I'm so fascinated to get your opinion on this Falcons-Colts game, right? And look, this Baldy, this is my opinion, and you and I will talk about this tomorrow on, um, on In the Huddle. I... I think Arthur Smith's a desperate coach, and I think he's kind of feeling the heat, and he's doing what he can to save his ass right now and try to obviously get his team into the playoffs also. Benching Desmond Ritter for the second time this season. Here comes Taylor Heineke to try and rescue things now. And betters are a little more bullish on Atlanta with with, uh, with Heineke starting than Desmond Ritter. Atlanta's a one-point favorite. The total is 44-and-a-half, and Baldy, like, uh, betters have been all over Shane Steichen overs this year with the, the play volume that Indianapolis runs. So who do you like to win the game, and do you think this is going to be a higher-scoring affair now with Taylor Heineke as Atlanta's quarterback? Well, I mean, the, the throw that Desmond Ritter had at the end of the game last week to win the game, the interception, it's just, it, it's just, I mean, nobody can make that throw. Nobody. Drake London is wide open. I don't know how he's looking. I don't know what he did. The, the throw, you can't put Desmond Ritter back in. So you got to go back to Heineke for the second time this year. 
he's, he's limited against a very good pass rush of the Colts. I just like the way the Colts are playing football. Uh, I know all the names in Atlanta uh, that everybody wants to talk about. You look at them, though, Nick. I know you study this stuff every day. Like, none of them are having big numbers. Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Bijan. None of them are, like, like approaching a, a big number of touchdowns or, or huge games because the quarterback is so limited. And so I do feel that, that Arthur uh, Smith is feeling the heat for sure. And I, think, I do think they're desperate. But I don't feel the Colts play like that. I don't think the Colts feel like that. And I like Shane Steichen a bunch. And I love what they're doing all the way around. They're playing good, solid football. And it's on both sides of the ball. And what's amazing is they lose Zach Moss last week, right, on Saturday. Here comes Tyler Goodson. Like, he didn't have any problem running the ball. I mean, I don't think no matter who they put in there right now because of the play they're playing up front. And I think they're going to have success. I, I like the Colts to win this game. There won't be any kind of a crowd in Atlanta. There won't be a lot of support there. It, it's just the way it is this time of the year when they're not winning. Um, I think they're upset with the whole organization and how it's being run and the coach and the quarterbacks and the whole thing. I like the Colts. Well, you kind of allude to it there, you know, Shane Steichen, we talked about his overs. You're talking about what a great job he's doing, loses a ton of players to injury. So this is reflecting in a betting market for coach of the year, Baldy, where, you know, we have a lot of, there's coaches every year that just, they really surprise us versus what we expected. Shane Steichen, the favorite basically everywhere now to be coach of the year, about two, three to one. And there's a bunch of other surprising team coaches kind of right by them. So you have Steichen. You have D'Amico Ryans and the Texans. You have Kevin Stefanski and the Browns. You have uh, Dan Campbell of the Lions. Obviously, like if they win the division, that's a great story. If you had a vote for Coach of the Year, is it is it Steichen? Is it the favorite? Or is there another coach that's even impressed you more with what he's done this year? Mm, I mean, it's kind of a it, it's kind of to be honest with you, I'm not dodging the question, but I like to play these these uh, you know all these games out. You know, because I think there's still a lot to be determined. I was very impressed by D'Amico Ryans last week and how they won with Case Keenum in Tennessee. I've been impressed by Shane Steichen from the beginning. He brought, uh, you know, he, he brought Minshew with him from Philadelphia. He knew him, and, you know, he got a chance to play right away, almost immediately with the injuries. Um, so I like both those guys. But uh, honestly, uh, I mean, there's, there's so many other candidates right now. I, I feel like. Guys are doing a, a remarkable job, in, including both uh, Harbaugh and 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 uh, Shanahan right now with what they're doing and how they're doing it. Uh, but I I I, I admire Shane Steichen all season for the way he's handled things. You know, Jonathan Taylor's not signed; he's not in. He's he's in, but then he's out and he's hurt. Like you know, they they're, they're playing a rookie right tackle, second year left tackle. Uh, they lose their starting nose tackle to suspension. I mean, on, you know, it's on and on and on. And here they are, right in playoff contention and playing solid football all year. So I think it's a good choice. I mean, it surprised me that he's out front right now. But, you know, the more I think about it, I could talk myself into it pretty easily. You better, you better hear with Nick and Ken. Wonderful football Wednesday. Talking week 16 in the National Football League with the great Brian Baldinger, Odyssey Sports NFL Insider on Twitter at BaldyNFL. Baldy, let's get your take on the uh, the Cowboys and the Dolphins from South Beach. Miami, a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Dolphins decimate the Jets this past weekend. Dallas gets decimated in Buffalo by the Bills. So Miami, a really small home favorite. The total is 51. Baldy, who wins on Sunday in Florida? The Dolphins or the Cowboys, and why? Well, I saw that 
I saw what Buffalo did to Dallas on Sunday. We all did. And, you know, they ran for, they ran 49 times for 266 yards. I mean, nobody wants that on the resume, but you know, the Arizona Cardinals did something similar earlier in the year. I think Dallas is vulnerable uh, to the run. Miami, by the way, is the number one rushing offensive football. They do it in a variety of ways. I think the Cowboys are going to have a problem with that. And I thought Mike McDaniel made a great decision to sit Tyreek down last week um, and to try to get him as healthy as possible for this really tough stretch they're in. I like the Dolphins right now. I, I, I know, you know they collapsed against Tennessee two weeks ago, um, but Teron Armstead makes a difference. Tyreek makes a difference. Defensively, I don't know if Javon Hall and Xavier Howard get back, but I feel like Jalen Ramsey, if he has to go on – CeeDee Lamb and shadow him the way he did Garrett Wilson last week. He's capable of at least controlling CD from getting crazy. I think Dallas' offense will play better than they did last week. But I like Miami right now because of the explosive element and the ability to run the ball that I think Dallas is going to have trouble with again. And uh, Tyreek didn't practice today, but it's it's only Wednesday. I think Baldy's kind of telling me like he maybe expects Tyreek to play or thinks it's more likely than he plays last week. And the betting market will obviously react to that too. So Dolphins one and a half right now in the Dolphins injury reports, like kind of ridiculous for the next couple of days. And we'll see who plays. Uh, Baldy, I want to ask you about Lions and Vikings, which we talked about in the last segment also, and kind of whether you saw last week uh, Lions kind of throttling the Denver Broncos at night on Saturday, whether you saw that as kind of like Lions getting back on track and like there's a home stretch here and they're going to play well, or whether that was more about Denver, right? So this game might, might really answer that question for us. Lions are about a field goal road favorite against Nick Mullins and the Vikings on Sunday. The total's 47 Lions back on track here a little bit, Baldy, or was that kind of a one game thing? Uh, they ran the ball really good. You know, the offensive line, Panay Sewell, Frank Ragnow. I mean, they really pushed Denver around. Uh, they did not turn the ball over, and that was the key. That was the key, really, to Denver's, you know, run to get to the in playoff contention was taking the ball away. They had the most takeaways going into last week of any team in the league. They didn't get any last week. Detroit protected Jared Goff, and they ran the ball really good. And when Detroit plays like that, they're hard to beat because their offense is very good. Nobody seems to be able to cover. I mean, if you just want to have a fun, you know, side bet, like who's going to get more catches and yards, Laporta or Hawkinson? Um, you know, but because both tight ends are playing really well. I, I just think right now Detroit's offense, it's as good as Minnesota's defense is, and they're excellent. Brian Flores has done a remarkable job. Um, I just don't feel like Minnesota's offense is going to have enough firepower with Nick Mullins. I just feel like they can, you know, I, and not that Nick can't play. He's there for a reason, but like – They've got to get the ball to Jordan Addison and Justin Jefferson. We know that. And Hawkinson. And I don't know that he's going to be able to do that consistently without turning the ball over. It's just been his mantra. I think the line is right. I think Detroit continues here. And they finished strong. They, they looked very good last week against Denver. It was an impressive win. Baldy, if you could, give us like 30 seconds on this game so we have time left over to hit like one more game or one more topic with you. And like you're you're really plugged in with the Eagles organization. It's curious if you think the Eagles are like due to bounce back in a big way on Christmas Day against my Giants, who got throttled by the Saints. That was no fun. Uh, Eagles are a 12-point home favorite in this game on Christmas. The total is 42. So, Baldy, this is not just like the Eagles to win and get off the schneid with the victory. You need them to win by like two touchdowns to cover the spread here. Do you think that's in the cards here against it's a Tommy DeVito baby in the New York football Giants. I don't think it's in the cards. I mean, New Orleans packs a really good defense. And I don't know, like the Giants offense line just broke down. They, they, they ran the same 
blitz, not blitz, they ran the same line stunt at, at Tommy DeVito four straight times, and they sacked him all four times. Like, they didn't stop it at all. Like, it was just shocking how bad the Giants' offense was. And, you know, if DeVito can't run like he did the week before, like, they seem to be throttled. I don't know that the Eagles are good, a good team right now. They have time to fix it. That's the fun part of it. They have time to fix these issues. I don't think defensively they're a very good team. So I think the Giants are going to score points, Nick. I, I mean, I think they're going to have some success. I just don't know right now if the Giants, if the Eagles' offense is good enough to put up 30 points in a game. Like, I, they seem to really struggle in every department right now. So I think, it's going to, I think the Eagles are going to win the game. But I think it's going to be a lot closer than what the spread says. Baldy, we we appreciate. I know you said one more topic here, but we're running short on time here. So really appreciate you as always, my friend. Baldy is on Twitter at Baldy NFL. You got to check out the best football show. Also check out in the huddle. And Baldy will be on the call coming up on Christmas Eve again of the Colts and the Falcons in Atlanta, my friend. We sincerely appreciate it. Safe travels this weekend. Enjoy the games and have a very very joyous and merry Christmas uh, and happy holidays with you and the fam. And we'll catch up with you next week. That's the plan, Nick. All the same, all the best back to you guys as well. The great Brian Baldinger joining us here on You Better You Bet. Just like a, a fountain of positivity, isn't he? Always like, like oh, it's a great, great time of year. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty yeah, good. it's like let's let's get to it. Got, I mean, the guy. It's like a lot of people like will will come on like week ten and be like, Ugh, like uh, how many more weeks? I feel like every time we have months, it's like ah, oh, let's get right into it. It's like week twelve. Let's go. So I thought I'd feel a little bit more like that off and off day, and you know, it hasn't quite clicked yet. Can, <laughs> we'll can you eventually. believe? I, can you believe it's like it's like we're, it's almost done? Like not almost, yeah. almost done. It's week sixteen. Oh, yeah. yeah, and like the Christmas this week, like New, New Year's Day, like a week for Monday, and then we're just then it's like really done. Then it's then we gotta do this. We gotta start doing way more Sims. I we gotta start talking can, about who's playing who. Yeah. I was seconds away from literally saying like we got we gotta bust out the old Sim at some point here in the near future. Sure. Uh, on on the other side, more picks, more analysis, more bets. For week 16 in the NFL, this time coming courtesy, Will Brinson from CBS Sports. And Eddie Pinheiro, a fourth-year man out of Florida of Nicaraguan descent, will try to boot the Panthers to a win and deliver a huge blow to the playoff hopes of the Falcons and give Chris Tabor his first win as an NFL head coach, and he's done it. Break out the cigar, Chris Tabor. It's the first win of your head coaching career in the NFL. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Yo, who, who is that on the call there? What was that? That's Fox Sports, right? This weekend, Panthers yeah, and Falcons, Adam Amin on the call? Yeah. <clears throat> There's a lot going on there. What? Why? Why? Where you want to start? Why was uh? Why would we pick like the the game winning field goal to yeah. mention that that first? Like who who cares what what where Eddie Pinheiro is from? He's a completely irrelevant. He's a great Vic like Jabroni field goal kicker of Nicaraguan descent. Like why was that the moment to mention that Eddie Pinheiro yeah. is of Nicaraguan descent? <laughs> like what? Like I don't understand. Like, I don't, I don't like get a... it. It's, it's like a Kevin Harlanism. It's like you're. It's like when you parody Harlan. You Since like set Eddie up a Pinheiro play like, from Nicaragua, which is in South America. <laughs> right. 
which Eddie featured Pinero, the World Cup champions last Nagua, year. Which of course is in Cent which of course is in Central America. But Argentina beat France to win the World Cup in a penalty shootout with Leo Messi and Emmy Martinez and Ken Barkley bet someone else for the Golden Glove. Then Emmy Martinez won and then pantomime something against his crotch. I don't, I don't, Nic Nicaraguan descent. I don't. I don't understand. Anyway, well, the the, the Adam Amin on the call. Chris Tabor get the victor. Chris I need a cigar right now. For Chris. For Chris Tabor. Like these are the stars yeah. of the game. Chris Tabor and Eddie Pinheiro. Anyway, uh, Panthers are the big win last week. Will Brinson from the Carolinas will join us in just a moment, as he always does on a Wednesday. Hashtag Will Wednesdays. But Steve Berline. Will's teammate at CBS Sports coming up in 20 minutes. Eric Eager next hour. All of our bets for tonight. And Matt Moore coming up in the Power Hour final hour of the show. But joining us right now, the aforementioned on a Will Wednesday, the great Will Brinson from CBS Sports, uh, host of the Pick 6 podcast. You can watch Will on CBS Sports HQ and all his NFL writing on CBSSports.com. Will on Twitter, at Will Brinson, in case I didn't mention that already. Will, from the Carolinas, attended college at NC State. Welcome to the show, my friend. Happy Week 16 to you and yours, and Merry Early Christmas to you and the family happy holidays to uh to you and ken and everyone there at you better you bet <clears throat> i will say i i don't i don't i don't watch or listen to your show unless i'm on but uh i've never really <laughs> never really caught this uh this kevin harlan slander and i i don't think i like it kevin harlan just, is just uh, for the record it is not slander that is not slander it's like an parody. homage to kevin harlan we love kevin okay, harlan okay. on the show it's a comedic homage very much parody yes. okay yeah. yeah but like you've heard we'll harlan do that where he'll it. be like He'd be like doing bats. He'd be like, and Paolo Bancaro with the jumper, Bancaro attending college at Duke, number one overall yeah. pick in the draft. And like roll through the guy's entire bio. And he's, he's great. <laughs> yeah, uh, he does it more yeah. in the NBA than he does in the NFL, I think. Oh, uh, we played some NFL where it is, you know. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> especially annoyed that now I'm going to notice this when, I, when I'm listening to Kevin Harlan, who is well, he like obvious. Too. Yeah, the so radio call, info. definitely more than the, the television call. I mean, I would say that, and I mean, you know, obviously, Jim Jim Nance, my number one. Tony Jim Nance, Tony Romo, my number one. It's a CBS employee. I'm I'm really really partial to Kevin Harlan. I think Kevin Harlan is like maybe my favorite announcer out there. He's he's great. I think okay. Ken agrees with you, right? Ken's a big Kevin Harlan. Like we're we all like Kevin Harlan's objectively great. It's not like Kevin Harlan's bad. Yeah, but he does do we that, and NBA I would just say. Argument. Yeah, we it's have like, the NBA argument about like who's number one. Nick did it in the first hour because Brian Anderson called the John Morant game last night. He's awesome too. There's like a lot of awesome NBA announcers right now. But Nick, to your point, like it's it's close. Yeah. Here's what I'd say to Will. Will said he said he's annoyed because now like he's going to be like listening to Kevin Harlan and hearing this. I would argue that this will amplify Will your okay. Kevin oh, Harlan experience. I'm about, about, I'm about to say bang so mf and loud. That's <laughs> my favorite right. Mike. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, are you uh, on to the NFL? Are you, uh, Panthers going to make it two in a row? Wait, five point dog against Green Bay. No, 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 no. no. They're going to make it one in um, a row. <laughs> no. Hey, look, I don't know if you guys watching that game. I mean, the Falcons should have won. The Falcons should have covered. Desmond Ritter threw what is probably the worst interception of the year. It's up there. Jake Browning might, I mean, uh, Nick Bowens, excuse me, might like a word throwing that one to BJ Hill when <laughs> he's sitting in his lap. I mean, that was a Santa Claus interception if I've ever seen one. But, like there were four. I mean, I think the high number. I don't know what Carolina reported in attendance. Weather was crap, awful. I mean, and I, I said this before the like the a whole week of the game. There was going to be nobody there. I think there was somebody that reported fifty two hundred people there. That seems big for the number that um, that I saw in the stands. I don't think you're going to get a ton more for this one. 
because it's Christmas Eve in Charlotte, and you're asking people to go and like pay a ton of money and not do the Christmas things that they would normally do. And maybe maybe there's more people there because it's Christmas Eve. I don't know. I don't think anybody cares about this team right now. I don't think there's any discernible home field advantage. The Packers clearly much more motivated. They need to win this game to, to get in the playoffs. I really like the Packers, honestly, laying four and a half or, or five. Jordan Love should be able to throw all day all over this team. That pass rush should get home. I think Carolina sort of comes off this game feeling like they won their Super Bowl against Atlanta, so to speak. And, and I would be pretty surprised if, if the Panthers won. Green Bay defense, now the one concern is that Joe Barry plays that just garbage, like soft zone on third and, and medium. And that would be where I guess if you had any pass protection, Adam Thielen and Bryce Young could kind of carve you up and convert some third down. So that would be my only concern. But if they keep the Panthers in anything outside of third and short all day, they should be able to win this game pretty handily, I think. You better you bet with Nick and Ken on a Wednesday, talking NFL Week 16 with Will Brinson from CBS Sports on Twitter, at Will Brinson. Uh, well, let's go to the Monday night game, the game of the year in the National Football League, Niners and the Ravens on Christmas night. Uh, San Francisco and Baltimore got bet, and like Ken and I are both kind of like, we like Niners in the game, whatever. San Francisco, about four and a half or five at home. Total is 47. What do you like in the game on Monday night? And... Uh, like, will it impact how you view NFL most valuable player over the last couple of weeks of the season? I think the Niners are the first team since like 2009 to win six straight games by 12 points or more. Just they are, it, it feels like, I mean, to make the obvious uh, Marvel reference, they, they feel a little bit like, you know, Thanos right now in the sense that the Niners versus somebody in the Super Bowl sort of feels inevitable just because of how they squashed the Eagles and squash the Cowboys and you know they've dominated the Rams in the regular season and with the exception of that one close postseason game I think I think honestly the team that I think the Rams are the team that could give the Niners the most trouble just because Stafford could get on the heater um but that's a lot of points for a Ravens team that has gotten has gotten up for the important games in a big way this year like Seattle's kind of rolling they come to town and they just destroy them Detroit's the hot team of the year and they come to Baltimore and Baltimore just obliterates them um you've seen I think I think the phrase play with your food is thrown around a lot these days we use that a lot but the Ravens can kind of do that with lesser opponents and one of the things that is a, I mean, certainly an obvious trend to me over the last two weeks is Baltimore's offense opening up Lamar Jackson's, the use of Lamar Jackson's running game and like more design runs, letting him scramble more. I think he's over 10 carries. I think he had 12 last game against the Jaguars, to over 10 the week before. And I, I think this was purposeful. Kind of keep him in the pocket all season long, keep him from taking a ton of hits. You know, great passing season, highest completion percentage of his career, extremely efficient. You lose Mark Andrews, and then it gets to December, and you want to make this push. You really want that one seed, and it feels like they're really letting Lamar Jackson run. Isaiah Likely's filled in nicely for Andrews, and Odell Beckham, you know, has been a, I, I think, you know, sort of like similar to how he, the difference maker like he was with the Rams, just in terms of not not old school Odell, but he can, he can, Rashad Bateman's coming on a little bit. I think, I think the Ravens can hang here, and I don't, I think it's just too many points with the Niners, but. Look, they are a absolute unit right now and, and trucking everybody. So I don't blame anybody for laying the points of San Francisco. What about uh what about MVP, Will? Like I you know, you don't have to have a strong opinion on it per se, but like I think a lot of people probably feel like if the Niners win this game, like they're they're gonna win the next two. They play like Washington at the Rams, I guess you say at the end of the season, maybe that's not sit everybody. Feels for like the Rams. this is the 
feels like this is the game where it's like if Purdy wins this game, I think a lot of people are really confident he's going to win, and they have every right to feel that way. Um, I think the question's like, what happens if the Ravens win? Some people are like, well, Lamar Jackson would win if the Ravens win. I, I'm a little skeptical, but a lot of people are kind of bullish on that. Is it some? Does it make it really chaotic and someone else wins? Does Purdy win anyway? Because he's so far and away the best quarterback on the best team. What do you think here in about like a minute, 90 seconds? Like, how does this game affect how you would feel about MVP? Well, I mean, I think this game matters a lot for it. I, I don't know that it matters as much for me, per se, because I still have Lamar a little bit ahead of Purdy just because of what's around him. And Purdy is a viable MVP candidate. I, if he wins, he wins. It's perfectly fine. I, I don't have an issue with it. Um, the, to me, the value in the MVP race is more so with Josh Allen. And, and obviously, we I said this a couple of weeks ago on this show, I believe, where he's like 18 to 1 or 20 to 1. He's down to 12 to 1 now. Um, if 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 you get a really defensive battle and both Purdy and Lamar struggle against two good defenses in the Niners and the Ravens, and neither one puts up sort of that signature moment, and Allen keeps blitzkrieging, I mean, at 94 yards, but I mean, like the Bills keep blitz, they keep running hot. I think he can sneak in and and steal it, but to, also because like Purdy, McCaffrey is on every ballot too. Like people are putting McCaffrey on the ballot. What if Purdy has a so-so game and McCaffrey has a great game? There's a lot of room for him to vote for, and there's so much recency bias with the final three weeks of the season, final four weeks of the season, whatever it is, where somebody can come in and steal this award in a year when there is no one who like has definitively grabbed a hold of it. Purdy's got a plenty of love out there, but I think if Lamar had a much better game than Purdy, voters would be more than willing to flip their flip their vote to Lamar. Have about 30 seconds here, Will. Um, Christmas, obviously, coming up. Did you get your son, Robbie, like, did he ask for, like, any new video game for Christmas this year? Like, what, what's Robbie into these days? <laughs> I, I mean, look, I'm a video game dad, so I just sort of buy him, like, whatever video games he wants along the way. Um, I think we've got <laughs> some uh, five, five Nights at Freddy's uh, action coming his way. You know, what, uh, what is pretty cool, he's, uh, he's huge into chess. He's a really good little chess player. Nine, he'll be 10 on January 3rd. He's 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 get dangerously close to taking down dad chess, and obviously you guys know I'm a, a genius and a savant, so you can assume I'm good at chess. But um, Robbie, yes, <laughs> Robbie's Robbie's gotten close to taking me down, and uh, so he's got a lot of chess stuff, a lot of video game stuff. Maybe the new uh, the new Sonic, uh, I think, is in his uh, in, in the in the future for Robbie. Are we are we sure he's your kid? Dominating the chess? I, I don't know what's, at, what's going I'm good on at chess. here. Are you? I mean, I'm good at chess. Right. I'm good are at you? checkers. Okay, bye. <laughs> And then, as we know, they're the same game. <laughs> Will on Twitter. Hey, Will, Merry Christmas to you and the family, my friend. Will on Twitter at Will Brinson, the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports HQ, cbsports.com. Merry uh, Christmas, Coming up fellas. next. All right. Okay, bye. Uh, okay, Will, sorry. CBS Sports teammate, joins us to start next hour. The great Steve Berline with Nick and Ken. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center 
anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.